On this episode of the New Action Podcast, we are joined by Steve Anderson, co-founder and chief strategist of New Mode. New Mode is the online tool that powers collective action. And together, we mobilize ordinary people to take action online. New Mode is an incredible tool that empowers millions of people worldwide to shape the world as we know it. A lot of people in the world don't they don't know what to do like you two do because you're kind of in this space and have experimented and, and learned but a lot of people don't understand like how change works so the part of the idea with new mode is like you can put in your postal code it will find your decision maker you push a button and you can send an email with one click you can uh, click a button your phone rings and you're disconnected you can send a tweet you can get your voice out in local newspapers the idea is that our platform just makes that engagement with your political officials really simple and easy. You don't want to miss this conversation with Steve Anderson, the founder of New Mode. On this episode, we discuss the power of online activism, the importance of democratic engagement, and how you can be more intentional about being values-driven in the work that you do. Welcome to the New Action Podcast. I'm Alfred Bergeson, a member of the Prime Minister's Youth Council and the founder of Collective Action. And I'm Tristan Olaf, the co-founder and managing director of Nouvelle News, a youth-driven news and media platform amplifying stories that matter. We are young activists and we have conversations about topics, people and events in the world today. Conversations that explore important stories and hopefully inspire action. If you enjoy our podcast, subscribe, give us a rating, and follow us on social media. Steve, for, for those who don't know who you are, can you share a little bit about who you are? You know, I, I know you're the one of the co-founders of, of Numo. Can you share a little bit more, though, about your journey? Where are you right now? And what are you doing? Sure. So I started getting engaged in politics. I guess in a deep way in terms of digital rights. So making sure that we have access to an open, affordable internet. And, you know, I just saw that as kind of a way for us to, to connect and, and build power as communities and to kind of create a better world. I think these days I'm kind of more like, how do we, how do we create some rules around the internet so that it operates in the public interest? But but so that so I kind of got engaged in that way around like the issue of net neutrality. And so this issue of like telecom companies were trying to make it so that the internet was more like television where they were like gatekeepers and could they wanted to be able to kind of charge you millions of dollars to put up a website, kind of more like TV. And I just saw that as a threat to this being a tool for us to do, you know, what what you folks do and, and what folks use new mode to kind of empower communities and make change. And so I got engaged in that issue in the, in the U.S. and kind of just volunteered, created a, a video called The Death of the Internet that no one should ever watch. But that, that video went viral and I started volunteering for a group called Free Press, who was kind of a digital rights organization that was leading that pushback, building this big coalition um, to keep the internet open and affordable and safeguard net neutrality in the U.S. Eventually started working for them. I just learned how to do digital campaigning. This was like back in 2006 and 2007, but they were really ahead of the curve in kind of digital engagement and, and building diverse coalitions in that kind of work. And in the end, we, we won that campaign. 
and safeguarded net neutrality. There's been many subsequent battles. I've been involved in some of them, but we won that that version of it. And then I was kind of in Canada, like working for uh, Free Press, and I was just thinking, you know, this stuff is going to come up to Canada. The telecom companies here are, are definitely going to try and do the same power grab, and just because you know it's in their their interest to be able to control the medium so they can make more money from it. And so I went out to study under Professor Robert Hackett to get my master's out in Vancouver. I was at Toronto previously. And basically with the goal, I wanted to start an organization that was like the immune system for the internet in Canada that was kind of defending the open internet and making sure that it was surveillance free and then it was a tool for good. And so I worked. So when I kind of met Robert Hackett, who was kind of an expert in this area of building movement-based media reform organizations. And the first thing I said is we need to build this kind of organization. He thankfully agreed with me and helped me kind of start putting the building blocks together. And then sure enough, Bell Canada, not long after, started blocking the technology that CBC was using for its videos. So I could see, so they were violating this rule of net neutrality, kind of the openness of the internet. And so that was our first campaign in Canada to defend net neutrality. And so we kicked it off, you know, it was like me and volunteers kind of operating the organization. We won that campaign and started building this organization, Open Media, out of that. And, you know, for, for a couple of years, it was quite small, just um, uh, a few, just like myself and, and, and Riley Owen, Lindsay Bernard, who were just part, part-time staff, just kind of, you know, trying to work, work as hard as we could to defend the open internet and launch and run campaigns and petitions. And, and, and then in 2010, this issue of, of meter billing came up where telecom companies wanted to make it so that you had to pay for every byte that you downloaded on the internet. So every single bit. So again, it was just like another way of them to like get more money into the internet and kind of have a, a mechanism of control. So we kicked off a campaign at the time we had, you know, maybe 10,000 people on our mailing list and kind of active in our community. And within like a few weeks, I was 20,000 people had taken action within a month or two. It was half a million people had taken action on this campaign to stop meter billing, um, which I think is still probably the um, largest online campaign in, in Canadian history. And, you know, after people took action, we kind of initially had them doing campaigns and social media engagement. But we were trying to think, like, how can we engage people to, to further to have more impact in our supporters? And we're saying, how can we do more? And, you know, we had the one room uh, little office and we couldn't fit half a million people in there. So we were like, how do we, you know, what can we do with the kind of digital tools to empower people more and win this campaign? And we looked around, we couldn't really see any technologies out there off the shelf. So we started building tools to make it easy for people to contact their members of parliament through email and through other channels later on through calling and, and social media and to get letters and local papers. And so we just started building these tools ourselves with a bunch of volunteers. And, and then we won that we won that campaign. And the, the, the chair of the CRTC eventually lost their job, who was kind of like basically in the pocket of the telecom companies. And we kind of went on to do international campaigns, engaging at sometimes hundreds of thousands of people. And I guess where this brings me to new mode is, uh, a few years ago, people working at, <clears throat> at other causes, in particular David Suzuki Foundation and, and climate, other climate organizers were saying, hey, we see these powerful tools you have, how can we get access to them? 
And around the same time for me, I was, you know, this is pre-Trump, but I was already seeing this kind of regressive turn in the world. And I just, you know, really care about digital rights, but I just wanted to support a broader set of causes and, and, and issues and to be a part of a bigger pushback to that regressive force and to kind of just more broadly build a more fair and, and empathetic society. And so with those two things together, my kind of wanting to support a broader, broader movements and people asking about these tools, we came up with the idea of new mode as like a civic engagement platform and that gets causes access to the most sophisticated tools and, and kind of everyone sharing the cost of that and chipping in for that rather than all of us building our kind of siloed technologies. So that's really the idea of, of new mode. And now we've kind of facilitated over 30 million civic actions. We're, we're, we're servicing for over 400 organizations, mostly from North America, but also some in the UK and Europe and Australia. And the kind of the ethos of it is like, we want to help people build community power and make policy change on the most important issues of our day, whether that be climate, immigration reform, prison reform, racial justice, just all the kind of issues that are, that are most pressing, democratic reform from the center right now. So that that's, and like, for me, like, the thing that really kind of, you know, keeps me engaged in this is I just really get joy and kind of fulfillment from seeing people recognize the power that they have when they work together like that. And it's, it's so much a privilege to, to be able to support, you know, the sunrise movement or Elizabeth Warren or, you know, the $10 a day campaign, the work collective action or the defund.ca in Canada. And, and like we have a Slack channel at Numo where you can just see all the actions popping up. And, and I just feel really lucky that I get to be kind of a part of that work. That's, I mean, that's, that's quite a, that's quite a story. And I think that it's very, you know, sort of pressing that, you know, we're having this conversation around the end of 2020, which I think is very much been the year of, of digital organizing and, and digital protest movements. And, you know, one of the, the big questions that I kind of had was, you know, how you sort of feel like the world of online activism and, and sort of protest movements has, has evolved, you know, online leading up to, to 2020 and, and sort of more specifically for, for you and, and New Mode you know, how has 2020 and, you know, the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic really accelerated both the, the usage and participation on the new mode platform? Yeah, I mean, I, I, there, there's two developments that I've, I, I've been really excited to see in 2020. And one is, I think, partially because of COVID and, and the kind of, you know, inability to do a lot of offline engagement is that I think people have, have begun to see digital engagement as is is not just like about building a mailing list, but about facilitating building and facilitating uh, a community. So building relationships, which is like what what all organizing and mobilization is really about, is building relationships for a cause. And I, and I think I've kind of part of part of the, my passion about New Mode is kind of moving people. Is trying to move our kind of like community of cause-based campaigners away from kind of just trying to collect names and, and grow a mailing list that they can then fundraise from this kind of turn and burn approach to building um, relationships with people over time using digital tools. And, I, and I, I've seen that kind of evolution. It was already happening. And, you know, I'm just, uh, we and, and New Mode are just kind of a part of that 
evolution, but I've seen that really, really speed up. There's definitely certainly still folks who are kind of just launching symbolic petitions to grab a grab an email address and then just hitting people with a million donation requests after. So that that's still there's an industry out there that still exists and does that. And and you know, I I really think that that, you know, that undermines trust and builds alienation in our society. So I like I find that really, really frustrating when I see that because, you know, if we I think are part of our values at New Mode, and I think there's a broader community around this that's trying to build trust, get people to cooperate and be and build an empathetic and fair society. And if we're kind of if that's our goal, then if we're like just collecting names and then aggressively fundraising and then like just keeping churning through, and as long as you can keep getting names and keep getting a portion of those people to, to donate. If you're if if your goal is to build that fair and empathetic society, but you're operating that way, you're actually undermining yourself. Even if you have you know a progressive cause you're trying to move towards and raise money for, you're 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 you know building alienation and, and mistrust, and and that feeds right into the regressive actions we see now. That's why people don't trust institutions that they maybe should trust sometimes, and why they don't trust the electoral process, and and that's. By when a strong man like Trump comes in and says, "Hey, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna smash it, smash everything down, and and go after the deep state and attack the Democrats and elites," that's why they have cachet and 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 resonance. So it's kind of feeding into that. So 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 I'm happy to see people <laughs> embracing this kind of relationship building with like with and and with new mode. Like the thing that we always try to do when we're talking with folks is, is say, okay, you, you, the way you use our platform should be like, you can use it any way you want. But the idea is like, you you engage people with something fairly easy. You know, if you think about it, like a offline re- relationship, like if you meet someone, you don't ask them to drive you to the airport, you ask them to go out for a cup of coffee. And so like your first action, usually in a campaign should be like that. So it should be like, a, a campaign, like an easy action, like a petition with, that has a theory of change and has a target. And then you can get people more deeply engaged through letters to the editor and call campaigns. And you can like deepen that relationship over time, which I think has more impact. It builds real relationships. And I actually think it makes for more sustainable organizations. So that's one thing I'm really excited about that I think COVID has kind of lit a bit of a fire under. The other thing is in the electoral space, there's been a lot of like people doing that kind of churn and burn symbolic action thing, but also basically when when an election is happening, they they go to the communities and say, hey, come canvas for us, come phone bank with us, come like help help us win the election. And then when the election's over, they disappear. Um, then they come back again the next cycle, and, and and you know people are like, well, what have you done for me in between the election? What I what I'm seeing is more organizations. And candidates in the electoral space, recognizing that in between elections, they need to engage people and, and kind of and deliver something, you know, and, and build relationships in between elections. So, you know, seeing like Elizabeth Warren campaigning on COVID public health issues and access to and, and voting reform and and it, doing that before the election. And then like when, when it gets into like real, like get out of the vote mode, going back to those people and saying, Hey, can you vote for me? Can you, can you text bank for me? So seeing like the electoral electoral space have more of a like ongoing advocacy engagement and relationship building approach 
rather than just trying to extract energy from people when they need it most. That's great. I think I think there's a there's a misconception in folks where they think, oh, well, I'm I'm participating in democracy because I vote every four years or I vote every time there's an election. Well, I think what you're explaining is that, you know, it meaningful engagement is really in between those election points, right? It's like, how are you engaging with with people in the community on issues that matter before an election? And, and yeah, that, I think that's a, that's a really important point for folks who are looking to get engaged in, in issues and, and folks who are looking to engage with communities. A question I have, Steve, is what are some of, what are some notable campaigns or exemplar, you know, uses of, of New Mode? Like through your experience, New Mode has been around for about five years now. Can you share what some of the, the notable campaigns or you know, really effective and successful campaigns have been over the, over the past few years? Sure. Yeah. Well, I, one that I've really been inspired by is the Sunrise Movement in the U.S. and their work to push for a Green New Deal. So, the, you know, that really wasn't like, it's, it's, that is now like a green, the idea of a Green New Deal is now part of like popular discourse. And no one was talking about it before they came on the scene. And it was, it was, it was really fun to work with them. So I kind of had been chatting with them for a while as they, they rebranded the Sunrise Movement after the Trump election and, and were trying to figure out their strategy. And I, I kind of immediately kind of understood that they were, they were really smart about engagement and chatting with them for a bit. And then all of a sudden, a few days after the, when, when the new Congress was coming in, they said, okay, we need all the new mode tools because we're about to occupy uh, Nancy Pelosi's office with AOC and w- let's go. Can we get those tomorrow and launch tomorrow? <laughs> and then they, they, you know, I don't know if you saw it or the, or the listeners saw it, but Sunrise Movement kind of, you know, really kind of ejected some energy into the Democratic establishment by occupying the the Democratic leader's office, Nancy Pelosi. And with a bunch of young people, as well as AOC kind of making a speech. And from there, they kept kind of engaging people through multiple channels. They made good use of new modes, letter to the editor tool, but kind of each step of the way, they engaged people and and, and gave them avenues for advancing this idea of a Green New Deal and kind of inviting people in to be a part of that discussion and movement in a way that like felt really inclusive and powerful. So like, they would have a plan where they would say, we're going to do these actions to get like these political targets to come out on side. And then whenever like a new development would happen, they would um, host a Zoom call and, and lay out their next plan going forward. So like during the Democratic leadership campaign, they would have a particular push to try and get the leaders to all uh, support a Green New Deal, which most of them ended up doing, which is kind of amazing. And they would kind of lay out a plan execute on it using multiple tools and different tactics, so some like offline kind of occupying and some kind of digital stuff with new mode and others. And then they would kind of come back and bring people together again. So, and, and I, I think they've been really interesting too, because in different moments, they kind of bring people together as well on, on, on not just like their particular issue as a climate organization. So when the George Floyd kind of uprisings happened and murder happened, they facilitated a community discussion around racial justice, despite being, you know, not, you know, exactly focused on on that as as a as an issue. 
and mobilize people around that. So they kind of are moving with the needs of of the movement and of, of their community. So so I and and I think like now that like the Green New Deal is like part of popular discourse and it's something that I think that there there's like broad buy-in with the Democratic Party in general, even with them Biden. So I think that that's really kind of pretty amazing shift of the Overton window of what's possible to now be talking about this inspiring deal or this inspiring policy plan where you're talking about investing, you know, trillions of dollars in addressing climate change and, and addressing worker rights and jobs and the economy and, and uh, racial justice all at the same time in this kind of powerful, powerful package. So that's one I would talk about in Canada. I've really, I've enjoyed the watching the $10 a day childcare campaign. So it's a campaign out here in BC, where in the previous, not the most recent provincial election, leading up to that, being, they did this kind of full spectrum engagement approach through using multiple channels to, to push for $10 a day childcare in the province to be supported by the provincial government. And just so over a number of months, targeted provincial officials as well as local officials to support this plan of a $10 a day and engage people, you know, through emails, calls, letters to the editor, social media, and other mechanisms. And they and they really built this kind of powerful community consensus that this is a good idea. And then when the provincial election happened, they 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 turned those tools into targeting candidates. So they asked the candidates to use support, you know. Uh, $10 a day plan. So getting voters to email and, and send tweets to their um, candidates, which is, you know, electoral candidates really want to show up for their voters during an election. So it was a really effective way, way to get people, get buy-in from people who are going to form government. And the, the NDP party came fully on side. And, and I think there was sort of this kind of, I guess, like back and forth dynamic where you, they were, they built a community that's powerful enough that the NDP party wanted to support the plan. And then they went back to that community and said, hey, the NDP supports the plan. And then the NDP won that campaign in part because of that, because they kind of came on side to that growing community and consensus. And then, you know, the NDP announced a historic uh, billion dollar investment in childcare and be- began moving moving that forward. And then there was the most uh, recent provincial election where even the Liberal Party endorsed a $10 a day plan. And for those who don't know the provincial politics too much in BC, the Liberal Party is actually conservative. It's not like the, the, the federal Liberal Party. So getting them to support public funding for childcare is a pretty big deal. So they've really kind of moved this issue from like something that some childcare advocates believed in to an issue that there's broad consensus it's a good idea and now it's really a question of like how are they going to execute on it yeah i've been learning more about the sunrise movement and just seeing the the impact that they've had in the last few years i didn't know new mode was sort of they were they were powered by new mode but that's pretty cool love that steve how was how was new mode used during the u.s like the most recent U.S. U.S. elections, you know, we're we're still awaiting sort of the final word as as Trump is is taking the you know a lot of the states to court and still waiting on some of the final counts. In the days leading up to the election, 
can you share how was new mode used and and how was it used? Yeah, I mean, we we don't so so new mode isn't a kind of electoral platform, so we, we don't do. You can use it for get out of the vote with kind of sending SMS messages and things like that, but it's not really the primary use of our platform. So the main use that's connected to the election is just Elizabeth Warren, uh, Stand Up America, Sunrise Movement, Vote Save America, and others engaging people leading up to the election and like during it, but on on particular issues. So so Vote Save America, making sure that and and Elizabeth Warren in particular, making sure that the, there's processes and support in place for vote by mail during COVID. So that that was like the the primary the primary use. Some people will use a letter to the editor tool to get policy issues in front of people and 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 but generally it's it's the same use during the election so it's getting policy issues on the agenda of decision makers so targeting candidates and politicians to make sure that they support a broad range of issues but in terms of the actual kind of getting people out to vote it's more about leading up to that building a community that then you can reach out to using those tools so you know elizabeth warren on voting reform and, and previously on on public health issues mo- mobilizing people and like the supreme court nomination those types of issues and then building that community engaging people winning some victories then going back to those people and saying hey can you now like text bank with us our phone bank with us and so we don't facilitate, we don't do the phone banking or text banking, but we kind of our our platform is used to build that community that then you can kind of off ramp onto that kind of get out of the vote stuff. And then I think like the other use was really around protecting the vote and now like protecting the results. So there's a protect the results coalition that like Indivisible, Stand Up America, Color of Change, and others are uh, a part of. It's a coalition of I think 400 organizations. And then there's another one called Protect Our Election. And so they're using our tools to get election officials or, or legislators to, to uphold the, the results of the election, which unfortunately is something we have to worry about. Yeah, I mean, I guess we're saying that a lot in 2020, but lots and lots of once in a, in a lifetime events that are going on, but definitely the coup, <laughs> I think that everyone should be calling it, and at least in terms of what's going on in the States right now, is, is, is pretty unique. I thought it might be interesting to maybe just hear a little bit more about sort of some of these tools and some of the ways in which your, your company helps to support digital activism and digital campaigns in a way that perhaps, you know, other companies like, say, change.org that, you know, run petitions, you know, don't, don't do. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, our our so we're an advocacy and engagement platform, and, and the idea is like cause-based organizations, so in community groups, because you know we've had individuals, or, you know, collectives or others who use the tools too. The idea is that you can pay a small fee and access a set of tools and features that that you can engage people through multiple channels to to connect with with politicians or other targets. So like. The, the kind of targets can can be like your your member of parliament or the member of a provincial legislature or or even like city councilors and mayors or it can also be like you know some people were targeting financial institutions around fossil fuel investments and things like this or we've had a student group make it so that you can email university officials about like the content of courseware right so so it could, the targeting can be quite diverse. 
but the but the idea is like you can you can empower people to easily send a message on the topic of your choice through email, phone, social media, or or get them to submit letters, and, and so they connect with decision makers. So an example of of this kind of engagement is let's say the the ten dollar a day campaign. So they would like subscribe to new mode, and so someone on their end would say, we want to start with a, a petition. And so they would be able to put out a petition in the world, invite people to take action on it. And, and, and I guess like a, a thing that is different from, for us than from other platforms is we, all, all of our tools have like a targeting component. So they're not like, they're not symbolic. So it's not put up your hand if you agree with this in general, it's getting a message somewhere. So like that petition would be getting sent to the premier of BC. And then they would follow up using new mode to, facilitate an email message that would be sent to members of the provincial legislature. And then they would follow up getting people to tweet at to actually like easily tag people, tag their members of the provincial legislature or local city councilors. Then they would phone phone them. Then they would get people to send letters to local papers. And the idea is that like our our platform just makes that engagement with your political officials really simple and easy. And, and, you know, the, there's like part of part of my passion around this is like good things in the world should be enabled and easy to do. <laughs> and, you know, to do a, a bunch of different things online, like social media that's quite harmful and is amplifying disinformation is kind of right in your face and easy to do. And you can find it anywhere. But previous to, to new mode, if you wanted to engage in, in democracy, if you wanted to be civically engaged and, and and send a message to your representative, like you had to go and find the parliamentary website and find the email address. And, and you, you basically have to do a bunch of work. So as a society, what are we enabling and disabling when, when we when we treat things that way? So part of the idea with new mode is like, you can put in your postal code, it will find your decision maker, you push a button, and you can send an email with one click, you can uh, click a button, your phone rings, and you're disconnected. You can send a tweet. You can get your voice out in local newspapers. So our platform really makes that kind of getting c- connecting constituents with their with their elected representatives really easy. And then from that, you can build a community and relationships that you can engage over time. And and from that, you can make political change. I think the the tool's been really extremely useful. And like you said, like that sort of direct target and, and also being able to see the, you know, conversion rates on, on the, on what's getting through, they are all high. And yeah, I can't, you know, from my experience, it's been extremely useful. And I know that folks who have used collective action and the campaigns we have are, are always reaching back to us to say, wow, like I've, I've heard from someone, you know, I'm, I'm actually in conversation now with an MP or with, with my counselor. So I think it's, it's an incredibly useful tool and, and kudos to you and your team for, for bringing this to life. Cause it's, I think it's needed now more than ever as well as we try to increase democratic engagement. That's nice to hear. And definitely um, really excited to see uh, the success of that action you were mentioning over, I think you crossed 40,000 people now, which is, you know, pretty rare in, in Canada. So that's a, 
a lot of people and it's and it's powerful and you really struck a nerve so congrats on that and yeah this is exactly the kind of work that we want to we want to support and 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 kind of and it's really nice to hear about the kind of people having back and forth their elected representatives because that's you know part of part of our mission too is just like facilitating that democratic engagement and being like an infrastructure for that and that's definitely you know part of where we want to push forward more as we evolve a platform too yeah, and I, I really feel like one of the most valuable sort of assets of of the platform and and sort of being able to build this, you know, almost build a, building a movement, mobilizing a movement around certain issues is that it just allows you to, you know, sort of facilitate continued discussion, continued engagement. I think that's sort of the most important thing that kind of relates back to sort of what you were saying earlier about, you know, you don't necessarily just meet someone and, and straight up ask them to you know, drive you to, to the airport or something like that, you kind of got to, you know, work them into it a little bit. And, you know, just even this, this podcast that, that we're on right now and, and the success that it's had so far is as a, a result of the connections that were made and then our ability to provide them with more context through, a, you know, longer form in the sense that this podcast really kind of got us going. And I think that that's such a, a cool and, and underrated aspect of, of just being able to build on, on momentum and stuff like that. And I think, yeah, you know, in general, like this, this conversation is, is very inspirational to people like Alfred and I, who are, you know, interested and, and inspired by the idea of trying to generate, you know, positive action through digital and, and sort of online infrastructure creation. And I think that, you know, trying to think of a, a nice way to sort of end this, this conversation, but really, you know, dive into your expertise I get a sense that 2020 has really been a year where, you know, a lot of people have sort of had their eyes open to the aspect of community that you can gain online. And, you know, I see a lot of different people, whether it's starting a podcast or starting a small enterprise, Alfred starting Collective Action, myself starting Nouvelle News. But, you know, after, you know, we've all had this opportunity because we've all sort of been under lockdown and, and whatnot. But speaking to someone like yourself, you've been so directly involved um, in, in creating uh, and maintaining and, and making sustainable these online enterprises. And so I'd really love to just hear, perhaps if you have any, some, some advice that you might have and you know, through the lessons that you've learned in terms of you know, young people who are you know, looking towards the digital space for, for social action and entrepreneurship, if you have any sort of overarching advice that you might be able to, to give them to help them in their endeavors. Sure. Yeah. First off, uh, yeah, I'm really excited with the the kind of the work that that you're doing on the media side in this and this podcast and and kind of how it's connected with collective action because I think that like media too much I think in our society is kind of and it's this idea of we need to be object this kind of false objectivity and we need to just tell you about all the hard things in the world and and get clicks from that and then and then that's it and they kind of you know like when i watch the news i'm kind of left kind of frustrated where it's like they, they don't usually don't tell you what you can do about it and they don't connect those dots and and so they just kind of here's all the problems okay bye and, and so I, I really appreciate you know pe- people who are trying to do journalism and media differently including this podcast because I think that we need to connect those dots more. We need to like have conversations that are about, you know, the challenges uh, and the opportunities before us, but have part of that discussion be like, and here's what you can do about it and kind of connect those up because a lot of people in the world don't 
they don't know what to do like you two do because you're kind of in this space and have experimented and, and, and learned but a lot of people don't 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 understand like how change works and so you know those of us who who do and have, have had experience in here are part of our task is to really you know show people how and engage people and and i guess that kind of relates to my advice but it, like you know our i would say meet people where they're at is is really important so think about the community that you want to engage and that could be like on a campaign but that can also be like if you're an entrepreneur and want to start up a service think about where the community that you want to serve is at and and what their needs are and and just have that ground ground you in 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 what you're in what you're doing so you know in my my history with open media like i i was in in doing digital rights work i was like i just want i myself want to get people engaged on safeguarding the open internet and and just so what is the way for me to do that how do i communicate what are the tools and that was always like my thought um about it and like how do i how do i talk with them about that and connect with them on that and that's where we kind of built these these tools but it was, that was always the 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 foundation and and understanding that like you know in, engagement whether it's in an entrepreneurial way or in the campaign you have to kind of like lay out how how it works so so which i think people often forget so it's you know if you get like an ikea instruction book it tells you exactly how to make the thing and i think for those for people who are starting a campaign or a company or whatever endeavor sometimes we forget that like when we engage people we have to lay out how how this works so we, so if that's a campaign that's hey if if you take action if enough of us speak out then your member of parliament will feel the heat and they will and and they will change their policy on this and like just saying that versus like click click this thing right but just saying like how 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 that change works or if you're using like our letter to the editor tool it's like if if enough of us get out in local papers we know that members of parliament read their local papers and so they will feel the pressure and then they will do the right thing and and so i think that 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 applies to kind of any any endeavor is just meet meet people where they're at and, and try to like lay out a clear plan of like how them getting engaged leads to leads to a positive outcome and i know that maybe that seems obvious but it's really easy to 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 lose that and i I, cause I think that was also has been the success for new mode where you know when talking with kind of potential funders and stuff they at the start they would say like how do you know people need this and i would say well you know myself and the co-founder Seamus Reed like we are the market like we're from we made this to serve to, to do this work ourselves and so we know that people need it because we built it for this exact case already with open media you know and otherwise and so so just like whatever your endeavor is just making sure that you're grounding yourself and you know what what people what people need and how you can how you can best meet that i'll say one more thing which is for for people who are starting any project or or endeavor or organization or company i guess i just want to like have a, a little bit of a call to action to say one of the most um like we, we can't control all the things happening in the world, but we can control like how we treat each other and we can control the, the like ethos and values of the, of the organizations and projects we create. 
So I would just be like really deliberate. And what are the values of the thing you're building? Because the different projects you two are involved in, there's already, I think, multiple people involved in that. And there could be many more over time. And like the, the values that you that you put in place for, for these organizations and, and endeavors, like they will shape society maybe as much as like the actual mission of, of the projects. So if you think about it, like, we we spend most of our time working on things. So so if those projects, those companies or organizations have values of kind of collaboration and empathy, that that leaves a mark in society, I think just as much as like the output of the work. So I would say anyone, if you're starting up something, working on something that you can that you can influence, m- like first and foremost, make sure that that thing is taken care of people and and, and supporting people and has positive values. Very well said. It's clear that New Mode has created that environment intentionally within the organization as well. And I just want to say again, thank you so, so much, Steve, for not only joining us, but for creating this tool for people around the world to use. It's, It's been incredible through my experience, but I know that many more around the world have, have, had, have had access to, to having a voice, have had access to advocating on issues they care about. So I just want to thank you again for, for all that you're doing, for what you're building, because it, it really does matter. And thank you for taking the time to, to chat with us today. I know your, your little one is, is waiting for daddy, so we won't, we won't keep you much longer, but I really appreciate the conversation and appreciate your advice. You know, we, we know that, for example, the, the climate action movement in the last few years has been spearheaded by young people across the world, right? And I think some of the the, the, the practical sort of advice you're, you're giving us can be really useful to, to make sure that we're, we're doing this with intention and, and having a ripple effect, not just within our silo or, or the collective of people that are doing it, but the people who are watching and the people who are paying attention. So thanks for that advice. That definitely struck a, struck a chord with me. Tristan, any any final words to Steve before we let him go? I mean, definitely echo a lot of that, and you know, just generally there there is such a, a you know a growing movement of young people who want to be more involved, who understand the issues that we face as as a collective, and but you know sometimes need the tools to to be able to help them you know manifest those 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 issues that we're facing and and, and create solutions and and generate awareness and so you know on, on behalf of those young people we're all eternally grateful for people who spend their time creating those tools that can help us shape these movements that are hopefully going to transform the way that we live our lives for for the positive so thank you so much thanks for for for, for spending the time with us steve anderson is the co-founder of new mode a values-based advocacy and civic engagement platform empowering communities to, to make change. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. And thanks both of you for the work that you're doing because I know it's it's tricky to run a media organization. It's, it's definitely can be stressful to be pushing forward on, on cause campaigns. And so appreciate you both kind of stepping up and, and uh, helping create a, a better world because that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's what we need is for people to step up in, in this exactly the way that you two have. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. Have a good evening. All right. Take Thanks, care. Steve. Take care. Cheers. If you enjoy our podcast, subscribe, give us a rating and follow us on social media.